You are listening to the teaching podcast of Praise Community Church in Mason City, Iowa. For more information about our church, please visit praisecc.org. Honor and my privilege to be um, uh, to be up here with all of you to share with you what the Lord has placed upon my heart, and just to share um, a little bit about myself. Um, as Pastor Jeff mentioned, um, I am a, a retired uh, United Methodist pastor. I pastored uh, churches in um, uh, northern Iowa and in the, the central part of Iowa and also in the southern part of Iowa. And I, Gary and I had to dig a little bit to find the kind of church as in my retirement and moving up here that spoke to our spirits in a way that uh, brings honor and glory to the Lord. Um, and so here, here we are with all of you. And I, I did not grow up in a, a Christian home whatsoever. But I had a set of grandparents that were very much believers in Jesus Christ. And so there was uh, one summer where I went to spend some time with them. And my grandma uh, took me to the vacation Bible school that was part of, of her church. And I would have been nine years old. So I, I knew nothing about Jesus. I knew nothing about um, the Bible. And so I remember when I think back about this, it's pretty amazing how the Lord can bring things back to your heart. Because I remember sitting there in that basement with cement floors and we were sitting on little steel chairs. And I remember that there were women in front of us and, and, you know, this has been quite a few years ago. And I just remember that they were dressed in, in what do they call those, pencil skirts, right? And, and they had jackets on and, and, and their high heels. And I remember sitting there, and I, I knew no one, um, and hearing words that were very unfamiliar to me. But yet there was this, this piece of my heart and my spirit that knew that I was missing something in my life. And so I remember getting up and going forward. I remember having one or two of these women pray with me. I, I couldn't even tell you what they prayed. I know now. <laughs> couldn't tell you what they prayed or or anything like that, but I just remember knowing that that's what I needed to do at that time in my life. Well, because I didn't grow up in a Christian home, that was not nurtured, it wasn't talked about, and so I went through the rest of my um, uh, years, teenage years, um, early adolescence doing anything but what God wanted me to do. It was not a lifestyle that was honoring the Lord, but yet there was still something there. And John Wesley calls this prevenient grace. It's that grace that is wooing us even when we don't know it's there. So I lived this lifestyle that was not honoring the Lord, I ended up in a failed marriage with two children, and then Gary came along. And, and Gary knew the Lord, Gary knew the importance of church, and so he said, you know what? He said, we really need to get our children into a, a church. That's what we are supposed to do. Well, I'm an extrovert, people person, and I thought, oh, yay, it's a way to meet more people. Well, God had other intentions in mind. I mean, you know, I was going because of the kids, but what ended up happening with me was truly a miracle. We went into this church, 
And the pastor that was there, he, I don't know, he must have sent something in me, invited us to be a part of a disciple Bible study, which is a phenomenal Bible study. As Remember, I knew nothing about the Bible, nothing. And so I got the Bible that he requested. I was with quite a few people that I really didn't know, but that didn't bother me because I, I got to know them. And I can remember reading in the Old Testament about this God. My children were really young. And I can remember reading about how this God wanted to be first in our lives. And I just hauled off in that study and I said, who is this God that thinks that I have to put him before my children? I am a mom. I'm raising my children. Thankfully, through all of my fighting and fussing about all of that, the pastor just sat there and smiled at me. He did not condemn me. He did not pound his fist and say, ha, 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 Christy, you have to believe this way. But as we continued to get into God's word, I felt this stirring that I believe with my whole heart was from me saying the beautiful words of the salvation prayer when I was nine years old. That, that part of me ignited in a way that was unreal. I ended up working um, in the church in whatever area I was asked to work. I was on fire for Jesus. I just wanted more and more and more. But still there was this thing within me that the more I did, there wasn't, there wasn't an ending point with it. And so um, I, I just kept struggling through that. And I, I went through like three or four, didn't go through, but I had three or four pastors mentoring me. And now I know what their part was in my life when I look back at this, and I still visit with all of them. But the pastor that I had at that time, I went in to pray with him before worship started, and he said to me, Christy, have you ever thought about caring for a church? I says, oh my gosh, Pastor Jim, I care for this church. I care for all these people in this church. I love them. He goes, no, that's not what I mean. Have you ever thought about pastoring a church? I put my hand over my ears and I'm saying, no, no, no. I went through such a range of emotions because at that moment in time, it clicked that yes, that was what I was supposed to be doing. I was supposed to be a pastor. And I had guilt because I knew that that's what God had been calling me to do and I was ignoring it. Um, so anyway, um, I ended up going to the schooling that I needed uh, to be able to become a pastor. And... I cannot tell you how my life experiences helped me to be able to sit with people and have empathy for those people and to love those people through God's eyes because I had so many experiences. But God took me out of that and God placed me in a place that I never thought I would ever be. And and so, again, I am honored and privileged to be here with all of you today. Well, to, to just move forward here, tonight at midnight, we are going to be experiencing a new year. 2023 is going to come to an end, and 2024 will begin. Um, just a show of hands, how many of you claim New Year's resolutions? You have New Year's resolutions? All right. Well, we are going to watch a, a short video 
um, from the skit guys. I, I don't know if you know who they are, the skit guys and the cast about their New Year's resolutions. And then, and then Pastor Jeff's going to go around for any of you that would like to share what your New Year's resolutions are. So the video, please. Which one of you guys did this? This was my journal in high school. <laughs> Seriously, have y'all been reading this? This is my childhood diary. These are my New Year's resolutions from last year. It's my uh, my resolution list from 1992. <laughs> oh, I was a weird kid. <laughs> Figure out what something about it. Break the world record in juggling. <laughs> Start flossing. <laughs> Keep an eye on my thinning hair. <laughs> wow. First thing on the list, survive Y2K. Um, invite Gary to church. Nope, didn't happen. It's a little hard to <laughs> invite a guy you had to fire. Stock up on water and tons of Twinkies. Boy, the struggle was real. Teach Susie to sit, and stay, and roll over. Susie's my little sister. Get a George Clooney Caesar haircut to impress the ladies. <laughs> Binge watch Lost. Did it. Found out who was in the hatch bit of a letdown. Love my mom more, be kind to her, and stop rolling my eyes. She was the first helicopter mom, probably, in the, in the 80s. Move out of my parents' house. I'm gonna move it to this year's list. Work out, get less pudgy. That's a big fat no. Pun, pun intended. Hey mom. Hi, Oh I got you on speakerphone, oh, so... Oh, my gosh. Hey. You know, Martha, your cousin, hey. well, she is going to come here hey. to Oklahoma for college. Oh, I'm so glad. Be as awesome as mommy, oh, as my mommy was to me. If only I would know how difficult that would be. She pretty much raised us by herself, so I don't think I, I can be near as good as she was. Keep promise to Grandma to watch Matlock each week, then call her to discuss it. She loved that show. I didn't. I didn't see one episode. I missed every episode. Miss her. Invite Steve to church. He went with me uh, that night. He said he wanted nothing to do with God. Three years later, I get this call. It's like midnight, one in the morning. He calls me and says, "Ed, Ed, Ed, you're never gonna believe this." but I accepted Christ. It's pretty cool. Tell Dahlia how much I really love her. Be a better dad. Quit yelling. Still working on that one. Read the Bible more. I think I read the Bible more. Start taking my faith seriously. I have done this. It's scary, but I'm yeah, I'm doing this one. Get to know God better. I know one thing, he loves me. Jesus loves me. I'm living proof. Surrender my life to God, fully. Spend more time with God. That's been on my resolution list for as long as I can remember. I've, I've been a believer for 40 years and I always want to spend more time with him. 
It's one of the most important things and it's always one of the hardest things to just get done, you know? Oh, I love Jesus more. Te amo, Jesus. I'm going to um, ask Pastor Jeff to go around with a microphone with anyone that would like to share what their New Year's resolutions are. And Pastor Jeff, do you have one to start yes. us off? So, Thank um, you. Mine is one of the, I have several, but uh, probably the most important one for me is really just wanting to try to be um, more intentional in sharing my faith um, outside of the church. It's just so easy for me in my role here sometimes that you just get so caught up in everything that's going on here and that here's kind of where you are sharing your faith. And I know that I miss a lot of opportunities out in the, you know, outside of the church uh, to be more proactive or to be more engaged in doing that with people. Um, and so I just kind of tend to get caught up in what I'm doing on the outside of the church and, and activities and things like that, that I'm not really aware or looking for those opportunities. So part of that for me is just trying to become more aware of opportunities that I believe God is giving me to be able to try to share and to impact people's faith um, in, in probably just more of a proactive way. So I'm just trying to be more sensitive um, to that in the coming year. Thank you. Anyone else? Gary. Uh, and I'll come around, so just, if you just put your hand up, I'll see you. Well, I have several. First of all, I'm not going to act my age. And uh, yeah. one of them is I'm going to drink a uh, little less coffee and eat more candy. Oh, and honey. I'll try to eat my ice cream at night <clears throat> a little slower so I don't get a brain freeze. How's that? Good. I see Bobby had her hand up over here. Um, I just realized this year, like, I've had a few missed opportunities for praying for people. So mm. that would be my New Year's resolution, resolution, along with eating more healthy. Thank you, Bobby, very much. Anybody else? This wasn't going to be a New Year's resolution, but I was thinking about it yesterday. I'm going to take the opportunity to do more random acts of kindness this year. Mm, thank you. Random acts of kindness. There was somebody over here, Pastor Jeff, that had their, their hand up. Oh, Donna, okay. Maybe come out here so everybody can kind of see you and they're not just hearing a voice. Good morning, thanks for coming. Um, the Lord just put it on my heart. I didn't even have this until a moment ago. And he said, for my New Year's resolution, stop playing God. I have tried to play God in everyone's lives that I touch. And then later I'll think, you know, I think God had a plan for that person. And I intervened and now he's got to do it again because mm. <laughs> I learned nothing. Mm. And so I'm going to let God do the heavy lifting and, and I'll assist when I think I'm meant to assist, but I won't intervene. That, that needs to be God's role. So thank you. Awesome. Bless you. Thank you. Anyone else? Uh, my uh, New Year's resolution will be um, when the Lord leads to follow and be faithful and just trust that he knows best. Amen. Good. Thank you. Thank you. Anybody else? Uh, I wanted to study the word more than I have been, and so I do that better with others. So starting next Saturday morning at 8 mm -hmm. o'clock at the church, we're having a women's Bible study. And as long as there's one other person there, I'm happy because uh, I'm really kind of doing it for myself. So if anybody else wants to do it, you're welcome to come. Good. Thank you, Jamie. So next Saturday morning at 8 o'clock and then every Saturday morning thereafter. Good. Bless you for that. 
I guess I'll share this. Um, and Tom and uh, my husband passed away this year, and um, I remembered back when my daughter was five years old, because I said, God, I don't know how to do this now. And I remembered what she said, because um, I, and I was praying about it, and, and God said, and, and I remember she said, because she was worried about going to kindergarten, and she said, I'm just gonna, Mom, I know how to make friends. I said, how do you make friends, Wendy? And she said, you just go and you be, and when you're gone, they miss you. And so I said, okay, God, I know. That's what I need to do, and that's what I'm doing in, in this year, just being whoever I am, just being myself, not trying to be anybody else. And this year, well, the other night, I was very hungry. It was like 2.30, 3 o'clock in the morning, and I hadn't been to sleep, and I was hungry. And I got up, and I got in the Word. <laughs> and um, I read 10 chapters in the Word. And I realized that was what I was hungry for. Mm. And so I think God has shown me this is in the new year. There will be more in the Word. That's what I'm endeavoring to do. And after I read that, I wasn't hungry anymore. And I went back to bed, and I went to sleep. Mm. So... Bless you, Pam. Right. Well, thank you um, so very much, everyone, for stepping out and, and sharing what was on your heart. And today, uh, we are going to be talking um, a little bit um, in, the, in the word of Exodus 40. And in Exodus 40, if we were to read the whole chapter today, so I encourage you to get into the, the book of Exodus, and because we're going to be talking about a lot of things today that we don't have time to um, technically explore. So in Exodus 40, we read about a new year. And this new year started with this monumental event for the children of Israel, and aren't the children of Israel in our hearts right now, amen? So if you know much at all about the Old Testament and the history of Israel, then you understand the importance of the tabernacle. Again, something to study if you're not familiar with that. And the significance of this particular day that we are going to visit about. The closing chapter of Exodus focuses most exclusively on the figure of Moses and the raising of the tabernacle. So before we begin our scripture reading today from the book of Exodus 40, 16, and 17, I invite you to pray with me. Let us pray. Father God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations or the thoughts of each and every one of our hearts gathered here this day, may they be acceptable in your sight, O Lord. Our strength and our redeemer, in your most holy name we pray, amen. Amen. So, from Exodus 40, verses 16 through 17. Hear these words. Moses proceeded to do everything just as the Lord had commanded him. So the tabernacle was set up on the first day of the first month of the second year. So as we look at this, this passage together this morning, we are going to find three key examples why we as Christians can choose to strive for, for certain things in the coming year and that could very much turn into our New Year's resolution. So as we go through this, I know it spoke to my heart, see if it, it speaks to yours as well. So let's consider Moses and his work with the tabernacle. From this, we are going to draw out some things that we can also do to start 2024 off in the right direction. First of all, 
Moses, in this reading, challenges us to decide our response to the scriptures. When we read the scriptures, we have a choice to make whether we are going to respond to what we have read. Verse 16 of our reading says, Moses proceeded to do everything just as the Lord had commanded him. Moses received a word from God, and he chose to obey that word. In our Bibles, we carry the living, true word of God. Amen? Amen. What God expects from us and what God asks of us is clearly laid out in both the Old and the New Testament. Moses reminds us that, that that kind of response that we are supposed to have should be those words that we hear from God. At the outset of this next year that we're going to experience together, we should all decide, as Moses did, to obey the words of God that we read. So let us notice a couple things about Moses' response to God's word to help us to, to um, get into what he is wanting of us. First of all, we notice how carefully Moses obeyed. It is unreal how Moses followed what the Lord had to say. Again, I encourage you to read this book of Exodus. Verse 16 says that Moses did what he did according to everything that the Lord commanded him. So in other words, Moses did exactly what God had asked him to do. And this care and obedience is seen in the fact that seven times, if you were to read the very first chapter of the book of Exodus, that seven times in the first 14 verses of that chapter, we would find the phrase, as the Lord commanded Moses. Moses was careful about what he did in obedience to the Lord. He followed these instructions exactly. Now, there are many Christians today who would say that, yes, they want to obey God, but they want to do so on their own terms, amen? For instance, they'll gladly love their neighbors just as long as their neighbors are easy to love and do nothing that is irritating or unlovely. So Gary and I have had a lot of conversations about loving your enemies. And when we, when we have those conversations, he will agree, yes, we're supposed to love our enemies, and then he'll say, but said, ooh, where in scripture does it say, but? It doesn't. So let's be reminded what God's word says concerning this from the book of Matthew, chapter 5, 46 and 47. If you love only those who love you, what reward is there for that? Even corrupt tax collectors do that much. If you are kind to only your friends, how are you different from anyone else? Even pagans do that. So let's look at other examples of how we can choose to do things selectively. We'll give some of our money to God, but heaven forbid we aren't going to do anything crazy like giving 10 or more percent. And just another short um, sharing about Gary and I, um, and I got permission from him, so, uh, is before, we, before I became a pastor and we were very involved in our, in our church doing um, everything we felt the Lord wanted us to do, the subject of money, it was the weirdest thing. It was just like, oh Lord, I will let you have control of this part of my life or this part of my life or this part of my life, but money? Ooh, I'm just not really sure about that. 
And so he and I were both praying about it. And this is how you know, one reason how Gary and I know that we're supposed to do what, what we do is that night we both at the same time said, you know what, the Lord really has revealed to me about our giving to the church. So we started tithing. And it was the most amazing thing that happened. We began tithing to our church. And at the end of the month, we ended up with a surplus that we had never had before. Now, I'm not saying anything about a prosperity gospel here. I'm just saying that we were obedient in our tithing and the Lord blessed us in that way. Now, we can also choose to give some consideration to obeying God, but maybe we're not going to be careful in obeying God. If we do obey him, that's a great thing. However, if we fall short of doing what God asks time and time again, we're not going to lose any sleep over that. So what if your doctor practiced medicine in that way? What if your sickness called for an injection of some type of a medicine and he just didn't really care how much medicine he put into the syringe and didn't lose any sleep over it? Does that matter to us? Well, of course it does. If you value your health, it does. Likewise, Moses reminds us that we must be careful when we obey God. Notice not only how carefully Moses obeyed God, but notice also how completely he obeyed God. How completely he obeyed God. Verse 16 again says that Moses did everything that the Lord commanded him. Don't overlook that word everything and you'll find that when you get into that, that book, you're going to find that that is so right and so true. Moses carried out carefully, and Moses carried out completely the instructions that he was given regarding the tabernacle. And boy, were those detailed instructions. Some people can tend to treat the Bible like a buffet, where they pick and choose which instructions they want to follow and which instructions maybe they, they just choose to ignore. Now, while it's true that there are parts of the scripture with specific commands that, that apply to particular times and, and particular places, that doesn't change the fact of what 2 Timothy 3.16 tells us. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. We find Jesus saying in John 14, 15, if you love me, keep my commandments. Now in context of the Christian life, what that means that if we truly love Jesus Christ, we cannot cho choose to obey one scriptural principle while ignoring another. Amen? And some of those scriptural principles can be tough. They can be tough to hear. They can be they tough to want to obey. And, and as we talked this morning, I think it was in our prayer time together, if, if there is something within your heart that causes you to be offended or ruffles, ruffles your feathers when you're in God's word, that's a beautiful thing that the Lord has provided for you to stop and say, whoa, what am I, what am I doing here, Lord? How am I missing the mark? And the Lord will reveal that to you and you can just get rid of that and, and you can um, start new with whatever that is. Now, some people may say, I like Ephesians 5.18, which says, don't be drunk with wine. They'll say, I'll keep that one. I never get drunk. Yet, 
We may gossip and criticize and slander and completely disregard the scripture reading from Ephesians 4.29. Don't use any foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. The point I'm trying to, to make through this example of Moses, or we are definitely reminded that the Bible is not a book of friendly suggestions. It is God's word to his people. And are we his people? Amen? We are his people. It is a perfect treasure of divine instruction. Therefore, in the coming year, we should decide that we are going to respond to God's word as carefully and completely as we can, meditating on that and asking the Lord to reveal that to us. And that's by the help of God's grace. So notice the second principle that we draw from this passage. As the new year approaches, we should not only decide to respond to the scripture, as Moses did, but notice further that we should deepen our relationship with the Savior. I've heard, heard a lot of talk about that this morning. Exodus 40 deals almost exclusively with the raising of the tabernacle. The tabernacle served as, as sort of this mobile temple for the children of Israel as they traveled through the wilderness. And how long did they travel through the wilderness? Yes, 40 years. Almost 13 full chapters. Listen to that, 13 full chapters were given to the description and instruction of this fascinating structure. Again, I encourage you to study that book of the Bible. It was a key part of Israel's history, and it's a very important part of biblical revelation. Now, as we look back on this whole concept and idea of the tabernacle, we are mindful that it is more than just a temporary temple or a temporary tent. Dr. Stephen Olford explains the importance of the tabernacle to the Christian. I love this. He says, to the anointed eye, to the anointed eye, that's powerful to me, every deal or every aspect and detail of the tabernacle points to the same aspect of the person and work of our Savior. And I absolutely love that for people that struggle in having the Old Testament have anything to do with Jesus. The Old Testament is tied in with Jesus perfectly. If we were to read today the intricate details of this tabernacle as they were handed down to Moses and, and the work of raising that, we would be mindful of our relationship and our responsibility to the fulfillment of the tabernacle, which was the Lord Jesus Christ. Again, we should be working every day to deepen our relationship with the Savior Pastor Janie's definitely got it upon her heart to do that. And I think Celebrate Recovery is another beautiful, beautiful way to do that. Using the tabernacle as our backdrop, let us dig deeper into a couple things we can do to strengthen our relationship with the Lord. First of all, we can learn more of the person of Jesus. If we study Exodus 40 in detail, we will find that the framework and the foundation of this wonderful tabernacle was designed in such a way to be unshakably steady and strong. 
Likewise, those who rest their faith on the foundation of Jesus Christ find him to be strong and steady and eternally sure. He is, as the book of Jude says, able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. In chapter 40, we would not only see the framework and foundation of this beautiful structure, but also the furniture, the furniture. In specific order, Moses put into the tabernacle furnishings such as the Ark of the Covenant, the table for the bread, the candlestick, the altar of incense, the laver, and the altar of sacrifice. In each of these items and in the purpose they served, we will definitely find another aspect of truth related to the person and the purpose of Jesus Christ. As we study all of these intimate details, whoops, about Jesus, we are going to find that like a diamond in the, the diamond maker's loop, Jesus has more facets to his character than your eye can immediately perceive. There is more to Jesus than you could ever learn in a thousand lifetimes. Have you ever experienced that? Some, some of you that are definitely more seasoned in your scripture, that, that as you grow in your faith, you learn a different facet of Jesus? It's a beautiful thing. Now, as you seek to deepen your relationship with our Savior, you can also seek to learn more of the person of Jesus. But notice, second of all, that you can live more in the presence of Jesus. When you look at the tabernacle up close, you see details and, and you see these nuances that are fascinating, they're inspiring. However, when you back up and you choose to just consider the tabernacle as a whole, it points to a more fundamental truth. What was the tabernacle? It was the place where the people would go to meet God. In the tabernacle, the priests lived and the priests worked in the literal presence of God. God was there with them. And if you really want to deepen your relationship with Jesus Christ in, in this upcoming year, remember the truth about the tabernacle and spend more time in the presence of Jesus. If in the coming year you desire to deepen that relationship, then you have to resolve to spend more time and moments consciously living in the presence of Jesus. And Pam, I would no more love to wake up hungry and just be in God's word and have that hunger satisfied. That might be a New Year's resolution for me. So we see a third principle that ought to be among our goals for this new year. We should not only decide to respond to the scripture and deepen our relationship in the Savior, but we should further seek to determine our reliance on the Spirit. There is nothing that I like to talk about more than the Holy Spirit. If we were to look down toward the close of chapter 40 and note what took place after Moses had completed that construction, and that just wasn't one time. That could happen quite often. When he finished the construction of the tabernacle, we would find that verse 34 says this. Then the cloud covered the tabernacle, and the glory of the Lord filled that tabernacle. After the tabernacle was completed, 
And that was according to the instructions God had given, the visible presence moved into that tent. As we see God's presence inside this tabernacle, we are most certainly reminded of the presence of the Lord within us through the person of the Holy Spirit. Just as God dwelt in the Holy of Holies, Inside this beautiful tabernacle, God, the Holy Spirit, has made his home in our tabernacle, in our body. The Holy Spirit can do amazing things for us. We need God's glory to fill us. Again, at the end of chapter 40, at the close of verses 34 and 35, they say the phrase, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. The presence and glory of God filled that tabernacle to the point that Moses was not able to enter the tent of the tabernacle. It was so filled with God and his glory that there was no room for anything or anyone else. In Ephesians 5.18, Paul commands us to be filled with the Holy Spirit. I pray that you ask to be filled with the Holy Spirit. That command is in continual presence. In 2024, our prayer should be that each and every day, the Spirit of God would continually and without interruption fill our lives. The desire would be for the Spirit of God to so fill us and consume us that the tabernacle of old, the glory of God would be visible through our lives. We've heard a lot about that as well today. The Holy Spirit can equip you to show the light of Jesus Christ and to be visible to the world. The old preacher Vance Havner once said, some are not filled because they must first be emptied. Even God cannot fill what is already full. It would all do us some good to ask God to empty us of all those things that, that are not godly, that are within us. Amen? One of my favorite verses, create in me a clean heart and put a new and right spirit within me. Every day can fill us with all kinds of things that we don't want. We have to ask for that to be emptied, to be able to fill, be filled with the Holy Spirit. And we need his guidance to further us. As chapter 40 closes, verse 36 once again says, once again says, and when the cloud was taken up over the tabernacle, the children of Israel went onward on their journeys. Then verse 37 explains the same cloud that can move the children of Israel would follow it. If it stayed still, the children of Israel would stay. If it moved, the children of Israel would move with it. And that same glory goes with us. The same spirit that fills us also leads us. When God's in control, when Jesus Christ is Lord of our lives and we are filled with the Holy Spirit, we have direct guidance from heaven. So as we wrap up this morning, of all of the things that we need in the coming days, none is more precious and none is more essential than that of the leadership of God upon our lives. We live in a world where Satan is attacking. Satan is attacking every area of our lives. For that reason, we must determine our absolute surrender and reliance upon the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit can lead us 
because my goodness gracious, <laughs> the Holy Spirit led several million Jews through the wilderness for 40 years. He can lead this church family of Praise Community Church through a new year to thrive, to grow in our ability to be doers of the word and loving leaders within our community. We should see the new year as the next step in our walk with Jesus and another year closer to his return. Take heart. Jesus is coming. With that in mind, we learn from the way Moses and the children of Israel began their, their journey as recorded in Exodus 40. Great book. <laughs> Can't sell it enough. Take time to, to read it and study it. Let us recommit ourselves to the word of God. Let us refocus our relationship with the Son of God. And let us rededicate ourselves to living in the fullness of the Holy Spirit. So before um, we have our benediction, um, just wanted to remind everyone that we're breaking bread together down at the Praise Cafe. And Pastor Jeff said, if you forgot to bring anything, don't worry. I've never been to a potluck where there wasn't enough food. We also want to make sure that you get your new year off on a right start. If you are not sure what this whole relationship with Jesus Christ is all about, you're not sure if, if, if he is in your heart, please come forward after the benediction today and there will be people that can help you with that, that can pray with you. If you are carrying burdens that you just aren't sure how to deal with, there are people here that would love to pray with you. So please come and know that, that you can be loved on to be able to, to get rid of those burdens. Let's begin the new year in the right way. Because we all love each other, amen? amen? May not be in agreement with each other, but we all love each other, amen? Thanks for listening. For more information right, about Praise Community Church, including gathering times and events, please visit us at praisecc.org.